was forced to get off of home base. We thought it was too dangerous. They said too many people are getting hurt. There were 10 people that were taken off site. Other people have been talking about these fires, but it was so much more than that. Podcast 99. Hello, and welcome back to Podcast 99. I'm Ryan Lichten, and today we have another Survivor story for you. We're talking to Nick, another Canadian Woodstock 99 attendee who explains the difference between Korn's audience and George Clinton's audience. He also explains, uh, you know, what the the transition was like between what, you know, in his words, the, the most Canadian act you could have perform at a festival, the Tragically Hip, uh, into the most American, unfortunately, Kid Rock. Uh, he also, you know, talks about his navigating the campsites, the food situation, and uh, he's also briefly joined by his dog, Ruben. Uh, so if you hear some barking, just know it doesn't go the whole time. <laughs> um, you know, you can't, can't tell an animal that we're discussing important Woodstock 99 matters here. Or maybe the dog just wanted to chime in on what he thought about Limp Bizkit. But either way, this is our Survivor Story of the Week, Nick. All right, here it is. I'm sitting down with our new buddy, Nick. You, uh, How'd you find the show? I found it years ago. I think it was not too long after it started, just probably searching. You know, I always am a nerd for anything Woodstock 99, so um, <laughs> just looking up stuff and just, yeah, happened to stumble on you online. And, uh, yeah, I've been listening for a while now, so. Well, I'm glad you finally decided to contact us. Yeah, um, excited to be on. You, you sent me a, a list of like kind of highlights from your time at Woodstock '99. Yeah. Um, but for the sake of catching my reaction, I, I just briefly looked through them. So we're gonna, I, I'm gonna let you tell me all this stuff. Perfect. Um, so let's start with the year. It's 1999. Tell me how old are you? Where are you living? What's life like around when you hear you're gonna go or find out you're yeah. gonna go? So yeah, um, I was 19, um, uh, working at a gas station, basically my first full-time job at the time, just out of high school. And um, I, uh, yeah, found out about it, basically, I think probably, you know, because uh, I'm from Canada here, um, was much music, probably, something like that, or just on TV on a commercial or something. But um, yeah, yeah, so I just found out about it that way, and a buddy of mine who we were always obsessed with either Woodstock 69 or 99 or 94. Uh, sorry. Um, we were just like waiting for something like that to happen. And, and we were, he had a car, so we were able to go and uh, yeah, grab tickets really early. I, I remember. Um, and how did you uh, buy your tickets? They were, I don't want I, I think just the one 800 number, the toll free number probably where he ended up getting them mailed to him, I believe. Okay. Well, I remember when the package came in, it was like a you know manila, manila envelope full of all kinds of goodies, like a parking pass and all the the, the good tickets and um, yeah, yeah, and all the like everything you needed to get in, right, basically. So for the full camping experience, right? The the whole yeah. the whole deal. So I mean, besides just having this like affinity for like the nostalgia that is Woodstock, and then of course Woodstock '94, which is like the coolest one of the three, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. From, from most people's opinions. Like, yeah. what was it about the lineup that attracted you to to wanting to really yeah. make it happen? Yeah, 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 yeah. And again, too, like I remember a couple of other, uh, maybe just one, but the podcast, uh, other uh, survivors who were saying that were from Canada, saying that the hip were a big. Uh, selling point that was big for me because I hadn't seen them yet. Um, the friend of mine had seen them at uh, one of those n- another roadside attraction shows, 
and possibly like a Canada-based show that they used to have um, regularly. Um, and I was just, yeah, like dying to see them like big time. And um, that um, obviously uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers was a big one too because I think it was 96. I, it was would have been one of my first big concerts. Long story short, I, I ended up having my tickets taken away from me by my parents who had bought them. And so I didn't get to go see Red Hot Chili Peppers with all my friends the first uh, the first time around. So this was that to see them and um, definitely Rage at the time. We were big on that. Weren't so much on the new metal stuff, but uh, like all the other stuff, the Canadian bands, obviously Our Lady Peace. And there was another band, Big Sugar, playing the emerging artist stage that we saw. Um, so, yeah, there was not a lot of bands like that. Yeah, a ton of bands, a ton of bands. Those were the big sellers, though. Right. Yeah. So now how, how do you prepare to go? Like, like what, what's the plan? Like whose car are you taking? What do you bring? Like, like yeah. lead me into the, the trip down. Yeah. Like, so how, I went, how does was, one get ready? Yeah. So it was uh, me and my best friend, Tim. Um, we've been uh, good buds since grade nine. So um, and they're still still good pals. Um, he was the first one out of all of our close friends to get a car and be able to drive. So he uh, had been driving for a while and he obviously had a, um, a, the ride there. We ended up taking a random uh, friend of a friend kind of thing too, who I'd like only met then and had never met since. That came with <laughs> us, just this random random guy, we'll call him. And uh, yeah, so that was about it. We just planned on camping. We, you know, I think I had to borrow a tent at the time. He had a tent, but we were well prepared. Uh, I wish we were a little bit more prepared with like the provisions of bringing in food uh, and water, or at least leaving it out there because we could have brought it in later on easily, even if we were checked because we were barely checked coming in, but right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So when did you, when did you arrive? Did you get there like the Thursday pre-show yeah. or did you yeah, get we, the morning of? Tell me about that. Yeah, we got there. Uh, we left early. Uh, we left from Kitchener, Ontario, which is about an hour drive from Toronto. Um, we left there. I probably want to say like 7 AM or something like that. And it was about a, I want to say it was a four or four, five hour drive, something like that, possibly. Um, and so, yeah, what, whatever the math is there, we got there probably around noon and um, on Thursday, so pre-show. And the big kicker of when we were arrived into town was right as kind of as soon as we hit the tra the main traffic jam heading in from the route that we were taking, um, there just seemed to be a lane on the left-hand side that was completely open. And everybody was hugging the right lane. So in the midst of this gigantic, and I mean gigantic uh, traffic jam, we, we just took the, the left-hand lane and started driving. And we passed, like, I, I couldn't only imagine how many cars we passed. We would have been sitting in hours worth of traffic. And we got in. Just like, was it the pull-off lane? I no, no. This was in town. This was just outside of the venue, so it was not too far. But it was a long stretch of road. Like it was definitely a long stretch of road. So it wasn't, it wasn't too far from the site, but it was at least um, I just want to say a couple miles, where there was just, <laughs> just an open so lane of traffic, and it like we just went. We didn't even feel like we were really being that much of a an an a hole of doing that, you know, like so. <laughs> we, I think we saved at least a couple hours of waiting in traffic. So we got in there. Why do you think it was open? Like, why do you think that late? No like, idea. No one else day, was we, Even at the time, we questioned it. Like, it was nuts. <laughs> like, we just slipped in. We didn't even, like, it wasn't even a big deal to, like, have to, like, merge back into the lane. And it was a totally legal lane to take. So oh, my God. I have no idea. Anyway. 
So yeah, so you get the express pass basically through the yeah. traffic. Then what? What are your thoughts like as you're coming into the venue and you're like, you know, yeah, getting ready to this set your venue stuff up? is intense because we got parked again pretty fast. I don't think it took us too long to get into the venue, and we had taken basically like what we were allowed to take. We had taken some, you know, uh, snack food and stuff like that um, that we were allowed to. Like I think it was granola bars and some snack stuff, and um, so we had a cooler. And we dragged that in. And I remember just like it was not too crazy to get in once we parked it. We just got right in through the, the security, which at that time they were still searching, like not not insanely, like we could have easily brought in whatever. But <laughs> yeah, um, they did check for all of the like water and stuff like that. I remember them taking everybody's water away. And um, but when we got in pretty easily. And then the other thing was that once we got in, we were. Um, I don't really like I remember everybody else explaining on the uh, survivor stories of like how they got their spot. But we were we were herded like cattle at that point to to <laughs> exactly where to go, like to, to camp. And they were just herding us into the open fields. So my buddy, I remember Tim, he right away said, no, 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 we're not doing that. Like we saw where trees were and we weren't. Stupid. Right. So. We broke away from that whole crowd, and I remember them like directly. You can't go there; it's already full. And yeah, 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 no, no, we're already there, kind of thing. And and they were really trying to get us to just go into this field, and we ended up, uh, yeah, just finding an amazing spot underneath the trees. Uh, like there was just enough space for two tents, and we talked to the guys around us. This is cool. Yeah, but you guys are the last ones in here, so it was like perfect timing, and we ended up finding the perfect uh, group of people to to camp along with. Um, like I'll talk about, tell me about them. Oh yeah. yeah, There was, there was two guys that we had met, um, Chad and Todd from, uh, Florida that we got along with the whole weekend. These two brothers that were a little bit older than we we were, um, maybe in their early thirties or late twenties. And, uh, they were experienced, uh, like festival goers. So they gave us a lot of insight and we got along with them all weekend to the point where we ended up hanging. They, uh, were on a, an extended vacation they ended up we're planning on coming into canada uh shortly after woodstock anyway so they ended up coming and driving to meet us so we ended up hanging out with them after the festival which is really cool um but uh the other thing was the, the safety we felt there like leaving obviously we took everything with us that was very important but everything else that was there we felt safe because there was always going to be somebody there in our little community there and uh yeah that wasn't that was a big plus because i because i could only imagine we walked by those uh those fields of just those open fields and it just like i couldn't imagine it would have changed my whole weekend had i uh, had to stay in that right that being field out. where you had no shade whatsoever right so yeah that's so brutal and i mean how far was your tent from the like entrance into the actual concert grounds it was sort of beside the um west stage it was kind of adjacent to the west stage so you could hear a lot of that music um, while you're in there, if you look on the site map, it's kind of like at the crest of the V shape, just on the, uh, the where you see a lot of trees. So, and, right. Yeah, uh, I remember point. the first day it was kind of hard to find, but once you got the lay of the land, it was it was easy to find. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was just a yeah great spot. We found an amazing spot. I mean, it's sounding like you like so far you've had like the smoothest kind of like intro to Woodstock 99 yeah. that I've heard. It's like, yeah, we got a shady spot. We didn't have to wait in traffic. Yeah. Like yeah. it sounded pretty good. We made some good you know, neighbors. Crazy. So 
do you well after you're all set up uh do you guys go into the pre-show did you check that out at yeah, all we did yeah yeah i remember distinctly uh walk into the pre-show and uh i don't remember who was on first but we ended up at one point seeing third base and they i had never heard of them like even being an 80s child you would have thought i would like you know i'd heard of every other rap group back in that that day but like yeah I'd never really heard of them i think they were probably more of a smaller new york thing but um yeah and they were the was, very first people to play period yeah and it was pretty wild seeing them we could tell they were a real throwback and then uh seeing g love a bit uh for a bit and then uh i think we just basically wandered around we ended up going to the east stage that day where it was like perfect pristine green when i see those pictures i'm like ah, i remember seeing that <laughs> like yeah <laughs> where it looked perfect like nobody was standing around like it was like every inch was green like it looked beautiful yeah i mean what are your thoughts when like because i mean it's it's held on this air base you know i mean like as you're walking around that first day and yeah everything is as nice as it's going to be for the entire weekend yeah. i mean did it strike you as odd that it was on this military base or was it like yep this no, is like pristine it good did, place yeah like it actually did seem really cool it, it like it, although it did there was that tint of it being on a on a on a base i think it was at that time when it was wasn't as full and they the way they had it um uh, set up with all the beautiful colors here and there like even the wall all that looked beautiful from the outside and yeah it didn't really it didn't really strike you too much it's when really stuff got to to total shit that you realize like right. this is <laughs> post-apocalyptic but no it was it, it no it did seem woodstocky the vibe was really good that especially that pre-day and even the first day was like very yeah very serene and like just surreal like anyway it was just hard to take in how, how big it was and, yeah sure yeah, I mean, especially having never been to, like, any big-type festival like this, you know, and having mm. your Chili Peppers tickets taken from you and, yeah. you know, just missing these chances to go to these large-scale things, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how does the rest of Thursday play out? Um, I don't know too much more. Like, we saw those few pre-shows. I remember we walked around, too, because being from Canada, we couldn't really bring anything across the border, obviously, right? So, right. Um, <laughs> I remember even distinctly probably the first day when we were looking for, for some stuff to smoke or whatever, um, <laughs> or whatever. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> emphasis on that. Um, was the, there was some, you know, like all these kids would walk up to everybody and they were walking up to us. Do you guys know where to get anything? At one point I just had to ask, you know, with the, like the, hearing the accent of this kid, like, where are you from? Well, I'm from Philly or somewhere like that. Like very close by. And I, like, you didn't have to cross a border. I remember saying that to the kid, like, you didn't have to cross a border. Why don't you have something with you right now? Crazy. <laughs> yeah, you asshole. Like, why don't you have drugs, yeah, damn it? Yeah. So it was just like, yeah. So we ended up getting lucky, too. I remember finding somebody where I could talk him down a little bit and, like, using the Canadian kind of sorrow thing, like, we only spend, like, half of what you guys spend on Oh, my. <laughs> Right. Well, it seems like Woodstock vibes, you know, people yeah. willing to barter and, and make sure everyone has a good time. Yeah. So, I, I, like, did you guys check out uh, George Clinton on that on that pre-show? No, I, again, too, I'm trying to, like, I was trying to think back and trying to grasp why we didn't. And I remember hearing about it. It was all the, you know, it was all the buzz at the time. And we should have. But I don't know if we ended up, like, because of what we found, maybe we got lost and, like, <laughs> just, you know, lost track of time or whatever. But we ended up thinking the next day, like, what were you thinking that we didn't? Because people had come back and been just raving about it. And so, yeah, unfortunately, we didn't. We did, we caught them the next day. But, yeah. All right. Well, let's let's, let's get, get there. there. So yeah, it's, it's Friday. 
it's the first official day of, of Woodstock 99. Like, I'm sure, like, what, what, what is it like waking up on that first day as opposed to getting there on, on the, yeah, on the again, it was, it day? was like, what was Friday morning? Like it was wild because of how much it had grown. Like, you know, we went to bed pretty late, even that Thursday night and, uh, waking up when we did, it was just shocking as to how much more fat packed it was. And even like at that point, you know, you try to take a, take a dump in the morning and it's, you can't like it and at that <laughs> point it's probably full on almost every single one that you tried to look for not like i had to but yeah everything was starting to even you know bog down at that point but right. um yeah we woke up uh like it might have been even a little late too and uh we were wanted to make sure that we we saw james brown and throughout the first day for some reason we had gotten confused of what was the uh the stage that he was playing at because if you're looking at the place from like the direction we were, we were thinking West Stage, East Stage. We got them mixed up that first day, or right. something to that effect, where something threw us off, and we ended up going to the. I wonder if it's because they were only having music on the West. That might have been it. Day. Yeah, that might have. So been you're a like, oh, that's that's got to be the main one. Yeah, I, that yeah, could have been a factor for sure. And yeah, that that stage looked really nice too. I like almost, you know, I like that stage too. But, yeah, um, the West Stage had like the the um, pillars, right? Like the Roman pillars, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. Big inf- a big old Woodstock bird. It looked more Woodstocky, like from the original kind of thing. Was but Roman, sure. yeah, yeah. Um, but so we we ended up at that stage, uh, the West Stage, in uh, the morning. See this thing Spitfire? We got, oh, oh, wrong one. Oh well. But knowing how long it takes to get to the other stage, we said, you know, screw it. We're, we we got to bite the bullet here. And we uh, we got right to the front, and the, the funny thing, I wish I remembered more about this encounter, was we ended up meeting Andy Dick right at the front of the stage, because my friend Tim, he looked a lot like Jesus at the time. <laughs> he had the, the goatee and the long hair, and the, actually even probably then he was still at the time wearing, uh, like uh, before the hip show there, we, he would have been wearing a Canadian flag draped around him. Oh my God, and, uh, all right, oh yeah. Like, like side, kind of the side. And uh, Andy Dick pointed him out right from the crowd. Like, Jesus, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and so he ended up coming down and talking with us and he recorded us. Like he had a handy cam or of some sort, a digital cam. And uh, he was taking videos and interviewing people like in the crowd. And he interviewed us for a while, I remember. And we asked him like, what are you doing with this? Like, ah, I'll make a documentary or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, thinking one day we're gonna look for that. Like, who knows where that footage might be, right? But, yeah, it's probably I'd say that tape's probably sitting in the camera on the shelf of a pawn shop that he had uh, sold it to in a moment of desperation. Probably, probably. <laughs> it's not even worth looking for at this point. Yeah, some like weird kid's gonna buy it and be like, "Oh, I'll use this for art films and find this video of Canadian dudes at Woodstock." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, what was Spitfire though? Besides like the Andy yeah. Dick moment, do you remember anything about it that? It was odd. Yeah, no, it was. I remember it being odd because they had a number of different. Um, causes they were trying to address. The only one I remember ever getting traction, and even then it was kind of a joke. Was like well, a joke from what the crowd was, how the crowd reacted. Was the uh, there was a guy that had been you know busted for medical marijuana, like wanting to use medical marijuana, and uh, right. that whole thing got a you know a rise because it was the marijuana thing. But other than that, like you know, it was like people had a short attention span at that even then. Yeah. And it was, yeah, I remember it just being odd. It was very odd and like oddly placed. And yeah. <laughs> and then you had Andy Dick there for some reason. I have no idea why. 
Yeah, Remember nothing we, gets uh, people to donate to causes more than Andy Dick, yeah, right? The only people, the, the only person I recognized was, uh, and I don't even remember who was there that morning, was um, Perry Farrell. So, right. So then, what 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 comes after Spitfire? God, it's so like anticlimactic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So after Spitfire, we're like, well, we have to head tail to the main stage. Maybe we might catch the very end of uh, James Brown, which we might have caught like the end just by hearing it kind of from a distance. And uh, we ended up getting up there for um, uh, Jamiroquai. I guess G-Love would have been playing before and then Jamiroquai. We stayed through most of Jamiroquai's set. And at that point, it was just so hot. We were like, you know, didn't want to, we wanted to save some energy for later on. And, uh, you know, we didn't spend too much time unless it was like the Saturday night or anything like that. We didn't spend more than like two sets in that heat because it would just ruin you. We we knew better than to stand there for that long. Sure. So I mean, how do you protect yourself from that? It was like, rough. Where do you go? That's why. Well, we headed back to our camp because it was the the refuge, right? With with the shade, and we had water there. We were lucky enough, even for the first few days, we had a good water source. And I remember after that, we were probably just getting lucky from like other people just having that much and access and. And then later on, on Sunday, there was just access to everything. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll get we'll there. Get there. Yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, you go and you, and you rest for a little bit. Like, what were like the must sees on on that first day? Because there's some, I mean, huge yeah. bangers. Oh on, yeah, for in, sure. In, in yeah. Ninety nine lore on that first day. So, who else yeah. did you catch? We didn't catch much other than to later. Later, um, well, actually, no, <laughs> not to say that we didn't. Sorry. Like I ended up staying for, uh, that's right, I forgot Friday was um, Offspring. So we stayed for a little bit of Offspring, but it got so ridiculous with the bottle throwing that, again, too, we're like, this is nuts. Let's go to the back and kind of head our way, you know, out as they were playing. But we saw a lot of them. And um, and then on the way back to our camp spot, it was basically, uh, we didn't realize uh, or knew too much about ICP, but we ended up catching a bit of their set. <laughs> and all I remember seeing was walking up to the side of the stage and them having multiple, I'm not even saying one skid of Fago. It was like two skids of Fago. Right. <laughs> like, I, I, like, I, we couldn't believe it. Like, that's a lot of Fago. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, and you didn't know any, like, you really didn't know. No, no, but it was of... wild. Like, it was, yeah, like, it was something like we've never seen and i remember watching more of it understanding it a bit more after watching it on the um on youtube was like yeah what a it was insane i wish i would have seen the whole thing right start to finish right yeah i mean that's got to be weird you know being there for something and then going back years later and watching it on youtube yeah. and like seeing it from like a different perspective i mean how does that make you feel when you go back and revisit some of these sets oh it's yeah it's cool especially though like i did that for years with the ones that i had seen like i remember even in the first uh months like a few months after the show it was in the height of the, the napster days like you could find the almost every set on napster and download it and burn it onto a cd so i found every one that i had like you know seen or seen part of and and like made cds and stuff like that back in those days in the right are, are there any i mean be like you just mentioned like with icp you wish you had stayed for the whole thing like looking back and watching some of these other sets are there some where you're like oh man like i can totally yeah, regret yeah. not going sure. to like the the george clinton the first night for sure but like jewel even being able to stay for the whole of corn set because we're, we're on friday still so like i ended up we ended up going back to the spot um to our camp site sorry 
And uh, we, I remember the, the fellow that was with us, the random guy, he wanted to go see Corn Big Time. And my friend Tim and I, we weren't huge fans of, of new metal. And I, but I was still wanting to like, I wanted to see what they were, what that show was all about. Cause I knew how many people were there to see it. Like a lot of our yeah. friends from, from my hometown were there to see corn and let this get, but mostly corn. And, uh, so I, the, the friend of ours wanted to go see them. I was like, I'll go, I'll take it. Cause I was really good at that point of like getting up to the front. <laughs> I was like a yeah. smaller guy and I could weasel my way up pretty quickly. And, uh, I remember going up as far as not too far away from the the sound sound stage the alamo as they called it and yeah. uh a little bit farther back from that and he was just like that this is it i don't want to go any farther and i said that's that's fine fine that's smart you know right <laughs> and the other thing is a lot of these uh the shows i don't like you not being there you don't realize how long of a wait it seems in, and and that there was in between some acts it seems like they pushed it at certain times, especially when the shows got later and the crowds got crazier. You'd be sitting there for, it seemed like hours waiting for the next band to come on sometimes. And yeah. so that's what that seemed like. The anticipation for that band was just like so intense. It was just like, when is this going to start? Like, and when it does, it's going to pop off like something you've never seen before. And uh, I remember distinctly like, it when the you know everybody says when that ride symbol goes off and then i remember we were right kind of a little bit behind where the the guy lights off the uh firecracker at the very beginning oh yeah yeah like we were right behind that just behind oh, that damn guy. you are so cool. like was, you are so in the thick of yeah. it dude it was I in know, the I, thick I, of I've, it. I've yeah, watched it so many times exactly. i know exactly where that is yeah and uh yeah when it went off it was insane like i just remember thinking oh my god hang on and like this is crazy because even towards the back it was like just everybody was jumping and uh yeah my buddy was like looking at me like holy shit i went yeah you asked for this man <laughs> here you are <laughs> here you are <laughs> and uh i lasted like a song or two but i knew my whole thing was that like george clinton was just uh, set to be on just a little bit after that so i was like i have to go see george clinton and so I, I said, you're okay by yourself. You're all right. I'm going to leave. You know? And I buggered off because it was like nuts. I didn't want to go any farther. That was crazy. But, um, so I went to see George Clinton after that. And that was a hell of a show. Like that was amazing to see. Yeah. Well, what's the, I mean, that's interesting. Cause like, I, I believe George Clinton was the headliner of the West stage, but really we know that like, while corn wasn't last on the main stage, they were kind of the headliner. Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, like what's it like going from the corn oh, audience yeah. into the George? Yeah. Clinton that audience? That is a, that is a weird thing. Like again, too, it took like, I don't know how long it would have taken me to even get to the stage. Right. It took at least an hour, maybe. Um, God. half an hour to an hour for sure. And once I got there, I'm thinking, Oh man, how am I going to, I know exactly where my friend and I'd like to stand him. And so I thought, you know, I'll, I'll just kind of bug around there, like stage left a little bit to the front. So yeah, I, I made my way up to the front of where I thought he would be. And, uh, yeah, like it, he was right. Pretty. It didn't take me very long to find him at all, which is kind of surprising, but the crowd was a lot thinner. Like not not it was still packed, but um yeah, like just a lot <laughs> a lot mellower, that's for sure. <laughs> there was room. Who's seen, what 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 crowd seemed more kinda like messed up? The oh, like messed up that oh definitely the corn crowd, because there was people, yeah, there was a lot of people that just went out all out that night, like you know, oh, all of their drugs that night. I swear to god, yeah, like that Friday night was was pretty crazy. Yeah, there was a lot of effed up people. 
But there was more like it was definitely a Woodstock vibe at the uh, George Clinton show. That was for sure. Yeah, and I mean, so now it, you know, it being the first day and it's coming to a close now. But you're seeing George Clinton. Yeah, you're getting like these real Woodstock vibes. I mean, was that kind of like satisfying the craving that you had for this real Woodstock experience, like yeah, at the moment? Yeah, definitely. It's it, it felt like uh, a little bit like even with where we were standing with the, you know, just to sound nerdy is the 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 boom camera sweeping around and you felt like you were on TV kind of thing at the time. Right. It was, yeah, yeah, it was really uh, like a cool Woodstocky vibe for sure. It reminded me just as much of 94 than 90 or any, anything else really like, yeah. Sure. So then after, after you see the headliner of the West stage, how does the rest of Friday night pan out? Yeah, the rest of the Friday night's a bit of a blur to tell you the truth. Because uh, <laughs> I know we went to, we hit up the rave for a bit. Definitely hit up the rave for a bit. And my buddy Tim was uh, more into the rave thing. But I was, you know, like just a outside participant, still willing to participate for that night. Yeah, I mean, what can you describe at all? Like what what that was like going yeah. in there? Yeah, the rave uh, thing was pretty crazy. And again, too, I'm getting mixed up with what if it was Saturday night or Friday night because I know I kind of peeked in both nights. Sure, uh, I might have spent probably more time there for the Friday night. I'm guessing. So, like, even I. I believe it was that night. Again, like this could be melding into the next night, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, I just mean in in general, you know, what, what's like the kind of sights and sounds. Yeah, the, like I remember, I remember literally seeing people having sex, you know, just off into corner, like not right in the middle, but like literally there was little sections where people were like literally having sex, and oh my God. Uh, yeah, that's pretty shocking, right? And uh, just a lot of like just people that are really messed up you know like and and but also having a good time it was it was a definite you know rave scene although be it a pretty sloppy one <laughs> right you'd get the odd drunk person stumbling through that kind of had to be talked into leaving i remember seeing that a few times where it was still positive but you could see it could develop into something a little bit more chaotic you know right sure at any moment yeah <laughs> Right. I mean, and as far as seeing people like have sex, I mean, yeah, that's got to be shocking, especially if you've never been to anything like that, and, yeah, <laughs> you know, be, be, sure. before. I mean, were you like, you know, were, were you hearing the like kind of like the the dark side of Woodstock '99? Yeah, I mean, like, were no. you hearing the like kind of show me, show us your tits, the heckling that, thing? Oh yeah, definitely. Kind of, the, was yeah. that happening first day? Like, were you noticing stuff like that? Yeah. Or did that oh come yeah, later? for sure. Yeah, first day, definitely the catcalling and the, and again too, there would be the odd like participant that's obviously willing and then other ones that you could tell were disturbed or very uncomfortable, you know, both those things. And um, so it was like, yeah, it was eye opening to the point where like some people would take it too far, you know? That's the thing. Yeah, sure. See that some people would take it too far. And did. So <laughs> yeah, the rave, it's so funny. It's, it's so unfortunate. That the rave was like at, you know, at the hours that it was, because it's like the one part that most people we talk to can't really remember much of, yeah. but it's like the number one thing that we want to hear the most yeah. about. Yeah, no, it, it, yeah. It's so funny. It's like this like uh, series of unfortunate circumstances. Yeah. So yeah. You, I, I, after, after you check out the rave, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that's, that's when you call it and you just go back and get, go to sleep. Yeah. Like I, there was a few nights there where, yeah, you're, you're, you're going to bed right as the sun's coming up. Cause then you're just, that's the point where you're like dreading like, Oh no, the sun's coming up. <laughs> like, right. Oh yeah. God, it's going to start beating down. Right. So, and we, again, we were lucky enough to have the, the tents underneath the trees. Right. So you had, um, until the actual full temperature got up there, you had protection from the sun, but yeah, like I got a, maybe a few hours of sleep <laughs> those first few nights. 
Yeah, so then it's Saturday, yeah. the kind of crown jewel of of the festival as far as like the music goes and things like that. Uh, was there any difference in, in the way that the place looked or in the vibe of anything oh, waking yeah, up like on that you, second day? Uh, you could tell it seemed like, I remember thinking after the Friday night, like that seemed like it would have been the biggest party <laughs> most people had ever been to up until that, you know, that point. And, you know, Saturday and then Sunday might have topped that. But, you know, it was one of those things. You, and it looked like it. Like, you know, and then everybody's been to a kegger or a rager where, you know, you wake up the next morning and you see that mess. And usually right. if you were to go into that the next day, the mess would be cleaned up. But the mess <laughs> was never cleaned up that first day, right? Even to, to the point of, like, being the biggest party that it had ever been thrown at that point. <laughs> Right, yeah, that's dude, what it looked the, like. The, the kegger thing, yeah, like with a guy passed out on the picnic bench and all that yeah. stuff. And bottles yeah. everywhere. You're clinking bottles. You're just crushing through bottles, and that's what it was. It was there was literally already the, the layer of water bottles over every like square inch of the main stage, right? So, and I mean, as far as the campgrounds go, I mean, like, what's it like just waking up on that second day after everyone raged that first day? I mean, like, what 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 is it like walking through the grounds, like yeah, the camping area? It was it was messy, and then at that point too, where we had seen part spots, we thought, oh my god, thank God we didn't park our tents there because there would be people that woke up in the middle of water if they didn't, you know, if it was insane oh, how man. many tents were were wet at that point because of the overflowing water. They were from and and that was water from like the showers or the yeah the showers of the I water mean, yeah the wa the overflowing water fountains yeah oh my god so then okay so you, you guys go into the festival now it's Saturday what's like your first stop like who who do you see because oh, Saturday is the hip yeah, yeah that's the hip so the, <laughs> that was the thing of even up till you know starting Thursday when we got there um, there was a lot you know you knew there was a lot of Canadians there being how close it was. And uh, we would we would just start getting uh, chants going uh, so easily. You just have to go hit, 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 <laughs> and it would just no matter where you were, there would be within a few hips, there would be thousands of people chanting hip, and um, so we were doing that obviously all morning. And and that, that was the morning. I don't remember if it was the Friday morning or the Saturday morning where we walked up i think it, it had to have been the saturday morning then because of how bad everything was and how, how messed up people were was that it looked like a <laughs> it reminded us of the uh the monty python sketch where they're walking down the streets with a cart of dead and we just oh. started chanting bring out your dead bring out your dead oh we the bell yeah. we didn't have the bell but <laughs> we started chanting that and everybody got a kick out of that as we were walking to get some, uh, just some kind of breakfast. And I remember that might have been the first uh, morning that we had something to eat where we got like a smoothie for, I think it was $12. But it was one of those things where you're like, it's a smoothie. It's going to nourish us. It's going to be, oh my God. you know, but it was a $12 smoothie that wasn't even that big. You know, it was insane. But it was, again, it was fresh made. You thought, whatever. But the yeah, like the food there, we we barely ate anything as far as buying anything. I might we might have split up personal pizza just for the kick of it and just to say we did. But it was disgusting how small it was and how 
Right. It wasn't worth the eight or twelve dollars it was, you know, or six. Do you remember like anything specifically as far as like what other kinds of foods they were selling there? I mean, it's it's yeah. funny. You're the first person that we talked to. They got a smoothie. Yeah. Uh, and I have seen footage of the smoothie stand, and and like when they're pouring it, it's just like overflowing, going over the sides of the cups, like making as many as possible. Was that kind of your experience, or did yeah, you get a nice I remember one? Being chill, like there wasn't like anybody really lined up that I can remember, and we just talked to the girl and made us a smoothie but like it was that's that, it. that was it but yeah the rest of the food like you know they had sandwiches they just you know you could tell it was worse well it's it was it was worse than carnival food really right, right. so <laughs> it was buyer beware i guess right and you saw yeah. other people with the look on their faces as they held the sandwich and were like oh i'm not gonna spend any money <laughs> just like the grim disappointment yeah yeah so yeah, so we got we got yeah, the, go interrupt there. We got the smoothie just to hopefully boost our energy for that morning because it was like the hip was opening. So we weren't gonna miss that. We woke up like early enough that we weren't gonna be caught and like have to run there, right? So um yeah, we made our way down there and that was like the hottest that I can remember it being really, because it was just noon, high noon, sun beating directly straight down and once we got into the crowd, which was tough, like it was like it was a might not have been that many people, but it was tight, you know, like it wasn't like right. the, the, the insane crowd that there was the night before with with uh, corn. But um, it was tight, packed with Canadians, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, did it strike you as odd that they were I mean, being such a big band in Canada that they would be opening uh, mm. on on the second day? Yeah. Yeah. No, it did for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely yeah, that... <laughs> was like a bit of a bummer because even if it was like a little bit later, it might have been pretty uh, like okay. But I mean, it being what it was, it was a... yeah dealt with it, right? Yeah, so yeah, it did seem odd. <laughs> and I mean, like, what's the camaraderie levels in the like Un... you know up close for for the yeah. you know for, for the hip with all Canadians? Yeah, unreal. And I remember specifically we walked like we got up as close as we could to like the point where it was so packed. This is just around the Alamo and. uh my buddy Tim and I, like, we're at that point, we're professional, you know, barely, but like, we thought we were professional <laughs> crowd surfers, you know? And, oh, um, he, he went up and I thought, oh man, how the hell am I going to find him? Okay, I got to go up, make our way up to the front and then just drop down at the right spot. <laughs> we did, we, he did, like, before me, I went after him and I'm thinking, how the hell am I going to find him as I'm, as I'm surfing? And then I feel this pair of hands grab me and just pull me straight down. Without hurting me, it was it was it was a good drop, but that was, <laughs> was Tim. He was right there. He got me. So it was. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, I was about to say because yeah, once you go up, it's kind of anyone's guess where you're gonna <laughs> yeah, end yeah. up. Did you did you have like a a plan as if, if you guys did get separated or was it yeah. just like yeah we know where the tent is? Yeah, yeah. The, we knew where the tent was. That was the main plan. But like as far as yeah, be, even in the crowd, we just kind of had a rough idea, like stage left, I guess, a little bit. Um, as far up as it's you know humanly possible without getting really really crushed right so yeah we found each other a bunch of times that way it was actually good <laughs> that's amazing so yeah. yeah i mean what goes on i mean i'm sure you watched the set it's it's amazing uh yeah also like i noticed do... watching it that like watching any of the early sets that it's a shady up front for the crowd because like the sun's kind of behind the stage the very front yeah the very very is like maybe the first 10 or 20 rows it was a little bit of shade and i remember feeling that but that that was still in the middle of like the big crush to the front so 
but at, for the hip show, the thing that made me able to, because I wouldn't have been able to stay in that pit for the whole thing, no matter what. You have to be superhuman, I thought, especially if you're in the middle of it and, you know, dancing around, kind of moshing. And I remember just getting a breath of fresh air from a little bit above and every time you surfed. So it was just like every minute I could, it was get me up, get me up. And I surfed more than I've ever surfed in my life just for that one set. There was a couple songs where I almost like the whole song I was up <laughs> surfing just because oh I could my God. Yeah. Have you ever spotted yeah. yourself like in the video? Shockingly, well, we did spot us. We do spot ourselves and we remember the camera going right over and that's right after he grabbed me and pulled me down into the into the front there was the, the boom cameras did a sweep and I remember it distinctly and we look back for it and we can see each other like 100%. Sick. It was really cool. That's the only spot but I did so much surfing that I've looked back so many times and it's like I just don't know how how it didn't it must have been just at the right the wrong angle you know or just a right. little bit off to one side rather than i don't know i don't know how i wasn't on that whole video <laughs> damn that that's awesome though yeah. so yeah i mean but how, how does the like what's next so they were great and then the, the the weirdest thing too was just the the mass exodus of the canadians and the mass entry <laughs> of the americans like that was something <laughs> i've never seen in my life and it's just i can only imagine there's probably a couple sets that i wish i would have seen what it was like when the from the roots to ICP, for instance, or right. <laughs> that was that was one of those where it was just like yin and yang, like Canadian American, and it was like, yeah, it was unreal. And again, we were so so done, spent after that set that it was impossible to even stick around for that whole set. But we stuck around for maybe half of it, um, okay, for right. more of a distance, yeah, for more of a distance. And again, too, we had to keep going back because there was just more bottles being thrown, and you're getting punted with bottles. Yeah, I mean, Kid Rock, he asked for that, right? Mm -hmm. And but I mean, the Offspring didn't. What was that? Just like a constant thing, no matter who was playing. In your certain experience? certain sets, yeah, certain sets on the East stage for sure. Like, but not not every set. But yeah, there was certain ones. It was just annoying, and we just stayed away from it. Like just like the 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 um the mud Nazis, we stayed away from that. The whole right. scene, like a, you, we would go the long way around just to avoid that or avoid any kind of puddles like you had to avoid all it just to be able to get to the uh, other side of the east stage like proper right. it was like you had to cross a river almost but you could go far around the back and go the long way and we would just, do oh, that, just to save our shoes i didn't oh sure i mean what, when do you when did you remember like when you first started seeing like the mud nazis and like the that that is, kind of stuff forming i think that was that would have been friday yeah because oh. the, there was just constantly water flowing and it wasn't until like you know late like mid to late Friday, for sure, it was just way, way over and forming rivers. And even before, even before that, on Friday, I remember there being, uh, without the major, um, without the major flooding, I remember there being a lake of piss. Like behind one of the porta potties, there was a lake, and they had a sign already put up, Lake Piss. It was just a lake <laughs> of just piss. It was insanely huge. Because the porta potties were too full. So well, yeah, they just went like, outside. They would want everybody would go behind in one pile, and it it just formed a lake. Like it was. <laughs> I insane. love that there's a sign, Lake yeah. Piss. Yeah. yeah, like that's so good. So yeah. I, after Kid Rock, what, what's uh what, what's on the itinerary? Yeah, we went back to kind of save our uh, save our energy. I don't uh, I don't remember doing too much. We I think yeah again too just hanging out and chilling out with the guys because um, there was just you know too many bands to to like to really see everything you know i would have loved to have seen glimpses of this or that but 
the amount of time it would take you to walk and um, all that and the heat you know, only being yeah. takes and are, are you guys are you guys just like smoking weed and and drinking water or what, what yeah else that yeah and even well saturday i don't know well friday or even saturday i remember tim uh my buddy he was we were both 19 so we we're legal to drink in canada but not in the u.s but tim looks like he's 28 you know at that point being and uh, like a you know jesus at 28 kind of thought. right <laughs> and uh he uh yeah he got into the beer gardens easily he didn't have fake ID, nothing. He just got into the beer gardens. And, and again, too, it was like a no-brainer for him to, like, spend a couple on beer because beer was $4 a glass. Like, it was just as cheap as water, like, you know. Or, you know at yeah, that's so point, It was cheaper than water, actually. It was cheaper <laughs> than a bottle of water. Right. It's like the I feel like the beer was like priced like 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 fairly good prices, you know, for like a concert even back then compared to like everything else being so astronomical. It's it's so fucking funny. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, if you don't get a water company to sponsor your event, you know, then you don't. You know, that's it. That's it. That's probably the difference. Yeah. I was at a festival this this weekend and they're giving out water. They all do now, I think. Right. So. Well, yeah, no one wants to be, you know, no one wants to be called Woodstock 99. <laughs> so, you know, they, they, they learned the lesson. Yeah. So when you get, when you guys decide to go back in, uh, what's, yeah. what's the, what's the plan? So that was, yeah, like to, to, you know, make sure we didn't miss rage, obviously. And I think we had, I don't know, you knew there was something cool to be seen with, um, Limp Bizkit, although we weren't, you know, there to see them. We ended up getting there midway through their set, I want to say at some point. Uh, like getting into the vicinity and just like there was people coming away from that that were just hurt like absolutely hurt so now that you've rested for a bit at your campsite and you head back in what's what's the plan for the rest of saturday yeah so the rest of saturday was obviously to see uh rage we weren't like there to see uh limp biscuit per se but we uh we knew better to go a little early just in case so when we did, it was uh, it was wild. There was people coming out of the crowd that were hurt, that were like hurt and and either that or just shocked and afraid, saying like, "What what does that look like? Like what does a hurt person look like coming out of the limp business? Well, like, like what kind of? Just imagine sweaty, like totally soaked, you know, completely soaked and drenched, and uh, like just yeah, just beaten down and and like just like talking about how it's a gong show you know like there was rumblings <laughs> of like oh this has turned into a shit show so um, i mean like what were you seeing people being carried out like was it that bad that was uh later on we had yeah but walking in it was just a lot of like holy shit this is crazy so we walked close enough to see what was going on and it was yeah like at that point it was getting towards the end of their set and uh so like just so this was just after they tore apart everything and <laughs> I think when we got there too, we wondered like why. Before we had gotten there, we remember hearing like, "Oh, the sound's done. What, what's going on?" And then that right. when you heard the rumblings and the rumors, like something shit, shit's going down. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, and then and then rage. But I mean, that's like the you know we always say it's like the three kings: the the Limp Bizkit, the Rage, and, and Metallica. Yeah, yeah. So like, is your plan after Limp Bizkit's done? Like, it, it, is your plan to get in up close for yeah. Rage? Like, seeing what you just saw yeah. for Limp Bizkit, were you like, oh yeah, I want to be up close for the next fucking hard band sort today? Sort of, because like again, too, it was a lot of people were leaving, but not not on mass. There was just crowds of people that were obviously right from the middle of the pit that just needed to get air, just to get out. And then at the same time, we were trying to trying to gauge how to get up to the front. You know, are we going to do this? When are we going to do this? And then 
out of our uh, periphery, we could see a um, a uh, like a medic crew with a stretcher, everything, a whole crew coming through the crowd. <laughs> we thought, oh, here's our here's our best bet. So we just tailed it behind the crew and just followed them right into the start. <laughs> well, what were they going into the crowd for? To stretcher people out. Like they, I think they had a number <laughs> of stretchers and it was a whole crew of people and they were just splitting the crowd going right down into the pit because there was, yeah, people that were far enough away. I guess it was hard enough, harder to, easier to get them from the back. Uh, because right. We're all around. Yeah, there was. There were, that's kind of, uh, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of ominous. You know, you guys are like, oh, how are we going to get into this crowd? Let's follow the EMTs going in to take hurt people out. Wherever the person that got hurt last is, that's where we should be. <laughs> is how your brain that's, was working. That's, that's not exactly, but looking back, that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what it looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah paper. totally. So, I mean, like, what was that pretty deep in? Yeah, we were deep enough. We were at that point stage right-ish, which was not really like what we're used to, but we were like a little bit farther back because we wanted to gauge again. I didn't want to be right in the center of it when, when Rage went off. And I, um, and it was one of those uh, before shows too where they just, they, they took an extra amount of time to go on. They, they stretched it out, I believe. Yeah. Um, because it was either that or it was the amount of, I don't think they cut uh, too much off of uh, Limp Bizkit's set, really. So they played their full, what they would have played, I'm sure, right? And Yeah, well, it was probably just due to having to get people out and yeah. kind of make sure that and, the crowd had, had time to cool off. And, know, let, down. like, again, too, people would just get sick of waiting and take off. So I think that was another ploy of just the longer we take, the less the crowd will bunch up and sure. just calm things, right? So. I didn't. Uh, I didn't notice when Rage did go on that they were their volume was any lower because we were pretty close. But yeah, like it was. Uh, it was pretty intense when they went on too, to the point where I didn't want to go anywhere near the pit to that. Like a dream yeah. show. I just. I just kind of stayed off to the side and enjoyed it. Watched it, which was nuts. Like we were in front of where they had the. Um, there was a huge tarp there, like a yeah, a giant canvas tarp, I guess they must have had. And they were launching people into the air. And like during Rage's set, and I remember thinking like, this is nuts. The people are doing that. <laughs> How did you trust Have you ever people? seen anything like that? No, never. Not that. Like, yeah. And they were doing it again, too. There was so much where, like, I don't know if I trust that, but I trusted everybody around me. If I was to get hurt, somebody was going to pick you up. You know, it was always... It was always like that, basically. And like, if there, if it wasn't, I was gonna get out of that situation, right? Like, there was. Sure. That's why. Like, I'm sure it might not have been the same in in uh, um, Biscuit Pit and stuff like that because there was just people on their own like trip, right? Just out for right. Them. Yeah. So I mean, now after Rage is done, I mean, do you leave or do you stay for Metallica? What what's, yeah, what's, I, what's after Rage? Because the night's starting to close in. Yeah, yeah. I was a Metallica fan from an early so. Um, I remember even at the time they were kind of like persona non grata, even before the Napster thing, just because of the load reload kind of thing. It was cutting like hair. Perfect. It was an older crowd. You could see kind of an older crowd emerge out of uh, what was much younger crowd before that with Limp Bizkit. So I could trust that. Where you know people, these people have been to Metallica shows. They know what a pit etiquette, you know what pit etiquette is, and and how right. to beat everybody. So I did. I felt really safe there. And I stayed right in the thick of things from Metallica. So I was like right in the pit, you know, um, enjoying the hell out of it. And uh, it was crazy because just at the peak, I'm like, 
they were playing a song off the Black Album, which I kind of grew up on. Like at that time, I was like a big album when I was in, in my early teens, I guess. And um, it, uh, yeah, I thought I got to surf for this song, and I did. <laughs> and I had everything on me at the time. I didn't have like you know, obviously didn't have a backpack on. I had a, a fanny pack or a hip sack, so I had everything on me there. And uh, after I got surfed to the front of the crowd and dropped into the security pit there. I right the first thing I do is reach down and it's not there and I'm thinking oh, oh no God. it's over what's going on where and that's like your wallet and everything wallet ID to get back into Canada thank God we didn't oh. need our uh, passport so it was my passport but it was still my ID that I needed to get back in all my money wallet and uh, yeah a lot of stuff <laughs> fuck. And I mean, what what's the plan when that happens? That was, yeah, that was a panic moment. So I'm thinking, what am I going to do? So I make my way around the long way, get back into the pit. And I remember distinctly, too, I think it was, they started playing one. So I was like, okay, there's a big intro here. I can just look down. And so I even told a few people, help me find this. And I remember <laughs> looking for one and it, erupt, it erupts and thinking, oh, my God, this is over. Like, there's no way. And trying for a couple more points to the point where I'm thinking, this is going to ruin my show here. Like, I don't, oh, right. Yeah. My weekend is if, if, you know, if it happens, it happens. What am I going to do now? So I, at one point I could just remember thinking, screw it. I got to stay here anyway to look for it after that's for sure. So let's just enjoy it. And I tried to, like, I, and I did, I enjoyed the last bunch of songs and it went on forever again too. There, the breaks in between, it doesn't do it justice when you uh, watch it on YouTube. Cause the breaks in between the encores are like, I swear, 10, right. 20 minutes, Yeah, they, 30 they were minutes. up there for like two hours or oh, something. Oh, it, it, at least, yeah. It was. It went on for a while. And so every time, thinking, oh, maybe this is the last encore. No, they're playing another. <laughs> oh, my God. So, no. And each time, you're, the fanny yeah. pack's just getting further away from the possibility of finding it. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, the, so the show finally ends, and uh, it clears out fast. And I remember... Um, I see. I sent you the the picture. It's a good representation that I found online where it's. Yeah, I, I've actually shared that same picture before. Yeah, it's the so guy with his crazy. Hands on his head. That would have been me standing there looking <laughs> for my <laughs> the exact same spot for my fanny pack. And I, it took me about five minutes, and I found it. it. No. Yeah, it was right where it should have been. Like just fell straight down, and and it was right there in the middle of the pit. And uh, I remember what the bummer was, it was weird because there was, I think some weed was missing maybe. And my, um, I was going to say phone, that's funny. My camera, my disposable camera. That was it, <laughs> which was weird. It wasn't like, it was almost like somebody had taken them, taken them out, you know? And so the, those two things were gone, which wasn't a big deal because my wallet was still there. Everything really counted. Right. That's bad. your payment for them not taking but your the wallet. Phone, the phone I had it. some decent pictures on, which I'm a little disappointed on for losing right them. or sorry right. the camera right yeah no, i know we're, we're so uh we're so conditioned now <laughs> so i mean that first of all it's fucking crazy that you found that shit i mean i can't i can't believe yeah. that yeah. so i mean that that's like a miracle no so then what what, what do you do after metallica after that, yeah after that i was i was a happy man i was a happy boy <laughs> right yeah, let's party let's go so I remember, see, uh, I walked around kind of the long way around the, the perimeter wall. And at that point on the set, that Saturday night, like after that, they were starting to tear the wall down. There had, I think, already been like holes punctured in here and there. And it was literally, they were 
the one section they were totally tearing down that Saturday night. As like how many people? By. A lot of people. It just got bigger. Like you know, there was like it went from just being like, oh, let's we got one little section down. They like punched the whole wall down, and they realized, oh no, we can tip this whole thing over if we have right. Was that was that on the inside of the festival or on the outside? Yeah, on the inside. Yeah, yeah. They (laughs) so it's like people are trying to break out almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just break the wall down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was happening on Saturday night, and it was just a it was just yeah crazy party. I remember uh, (laughs) another story was that I. uh, Somehow, I have no idea how this happened. I traded a pack of Canadian cigarettes for a 12 pack of Budweiser. Nice. I just like the guy's like, Oh, you got Canadian smokes? I like that. You want a case of beer for that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I walked back to the campsite with a warm case of beer and I was like, Super Nice. Fun. Damn, so Saturday is really like you're just kind of winning left and right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, was a, it was a good night, yeah, for sure. Did, did you did you revisit the rave? Yeah, we part. Yeah, like we would have partied that night for sure. Again, like details are not <laughs> right. Not well, now and now with the twelve pack thrown into the mix. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Just to share around, yeah, for sure. When did you go um, to the emerging artist stage? Like, had you like? Was, on, I know you mentioned the one band. Yeah, that was on Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm I'm sure we're getting there. So, I mean, is there anything else from Saturday, or should we move on to the final yeah, day? Yeah, I'm trying to think now. Saturday was insane, but I think that was yeah. I think that was it. So you guys, you know, spend the night once again in in, in your little area. Now Sunday, like, kind of just set the stage for me. Like walking in back into the festival on Sunday. What what's it looking like? Yeah. Smelling like. Yeah. You know, sounding it, like yeah, that's when it changed completely too. I remember that like uh, seeing the prices, you noticed it on the Sunday where the prices were absolutely fucked, like completely gouging. Like water was up to six or eight dollars a bottle at that point, or something like stupid. Gee, and so that and that happened. On, you only remember that happening on the last day. On this, yeah, no, there was like it. It had probably raised up a couple of points before that. Yeah, like it might have been six. Dollars the, but I, I bet everything went up yeah. on on Sunday because yeah. it was the last day to make a buck. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember we just like we slept in as much as we could, and we wanted to see two bands. Well, two bands before uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers that day were just the Canadian bands, and that was almost a good thing because we only had enough energy for you know. Like I remember thinking <laughs> I would love now. even at the time too. Like originally, I'm I'm going to see Willie Nelson. I'm going to see everything, Jewel, whatever, right? Uh, but by the time Sunday came around, I was like, no, I only have, I'm not, I'm not waking up at, you know, whatever to, to watch Willie Nelson, though I would have loved to, you know? Right. Yeah. So you see Our Lady Peace. That's a West stage. Band. That was a must. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't remember who played first. It was, if it was Our Lady Peace or Big Sugar, but we had seen uh, both those bands. So it was nice to be able to, like, they, at least they didn't put them on at the same time on Sunday. Right. What's the emerging artist like hanger like? Was that was that in the same hanger as the rave or was I that? I believe it one? was. Yeah. No, I think it was. I believe it was because I think just off to the right of that was where they had the DJ booth. So yeah, I, I think it was. So they just shared one. Now, yeah, I mean, like, to tell me about that because not that many people we've talked to yeah. went into that. And again, I remember the big sugar one distinctly, where it was, it was uh, similar to the, albeit a bit smaller, obviously, but um, same kind of vibe as the tragically hip, where it was just a a mass entry of, you know, like it, it just probably swelled for that day more than it had for most of the bands in the emerging artist stage where it was just a swell of Canadian flags again. So it was right. uh, <laughs> That's it was, so cool. Yeah, it was just a massive Canadian flag. 
Yeah, I mean, and it's weird because, again, yeah, it's in a hangar. And, like, yeah. when you see rave footage, like, I mean, you can barely hear it, just, like, the bass. But when I watch footage of bands, it sounds kind of tinny in there. What, what was, yeah, like, it the was, yeah. audience experience? Was and, it, like, did it kind of seem shitty or was yeah, it like, still fucking awesome? Big Sugar uh, is known to be one of the loudest bands, if not the loudest in Canada. They're extremely loud. And I don't know how loud, like, I remember it wasn't maybe as loud as they would have wanted to, even at that show maybe because of that, but it was still loud enough. And so I didn't really notice it being bad or anything like that in there, but it was, it was definitely different. Like you could hear it was inside of some kind of a building somewhat. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely different. Yeah. Yeah. Weird having. And then, things. so I, after that, I mean, how does, what, what's Sunday like, you know I mean? Like leading up to the peppers, what do you do in between? Yeah, in between, actually, I remember trying to take a uh, an afternoon nap, and um, it was it was during um, it was during counting uh, not counting goes sorry collective soul. So I remember okay. collective soul distinctly, and I'm thinking like, yeah, these guys are like they're a decent band, you know. And so it was nice to be able to listen to something like, that you really recognize. And uh, I even remember distinctly the they played a cover of um, uh, Crazy Train. And at the moment where like the I I, we, right. I don't know how many of us like I had to I opened up my zipper and stuck my head out and yelled it kind of <laughs> like every, oh, a bunch of other people like everybody did in our camps like, so it was one of those it's like a alarm clock yeah, for, yeah. Uh, everybody for, for the for the nappers yeah yeah a little or a little bit of karaoke in the middle <laughs> <laughs> so then I, I, when do you go back in um, yeah even when even to to back it up too like before we went back in I remember a lot of uh, like obviously so many people were leaving from starting Sunday morning and then right up until Sunday like when we left for the chili peppers people were just heading out on mass so the place was really thinning out and there was a lot of like tents just abandoned and whatnot <laughs> and I remember this uh, well where all of a sudden there was a spot next to us and these guys had like just started building a pile of different things, like a pile of food, a pile of like equipment provisions, and then a pile of like, it ended up being a pile of drugs at one point. And we're like, what, what's going on here? What is this? Oh, these are, we're just finding all this stuff. Like, what? are you <laughs> so finding just, it? Like, or Just sorting their yeah. stuff. And are we, we question these guys, like, are you finding this stuff? Or is it like, are you stealing it? You know, and they were, they swore up and down that no, 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 these people that left and these places were abandoned and there was just stuff left behind. And so like, it was, I couldn't believe it. it, like how much stuff these guys were accumulating, like from apparently from people who had left. So I just trusted that they were telling the truth and it was unbelievable oh the amount of stuff that they had. Um, so there was, there was that. And then there was the problem of obviously going to the bathroom and not having their, you know, Having done that in four days, you got to piss lake. Yeah, what somebody came uh, came to us with was a six gallon pail. This guy was a genius. I, don't, I wish I knew who it was. A six gallon pail and an entire box of uh, hefty bags. And so it's uh. just a genius thought. Like for me, it unbelievable. Here we go. <laughs> so you were able to five, take a dump at Woodstock. Yeah, I think I put five hefty bags together. You know, like just all. Quadruple, Cushion. yeah, 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 <laughs> quintuple, and uh, and then yeah, took it into the privacy of my own tent, and then just had at it. It was unbelievable. <laughs> it was glorious. 
Yeah, I had to say, yeah, after so many days of oh my that, just that not being an option. Oh, God, it was, like, way better than any other option at that point, right? Other than just, yeah, it was... Yeah, you know it's bad when you're at, like, a, a huge, like, you know, built-out military base that has all the amenities, but it's better to shit in a bucket. In a tent, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, God. So, okay, go, going back in when, like, it's getting time for Chili Peppers, did you yeah. see anything else before them, or did you just, like, make sure that you were there for that? Um. Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was it for that, yeah. And how, how close did you get for them? Then we got, yeah, right up to the front, like usual. Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> it was intense. We had a good time. I think we might have been, like, racing up during the first couple songs and then yeah like third song in we made it right up to the front and uh yeah it was a great show it was insane when did you start noticing like i mean were you even aware that there was fires oh, happening yeah, yeah, they were yeah. so far back yeah yeah i think it was after the after the candle thing you noticed it um i don't know if i noticed it before they made an announcement but like there was i remember people saying like after that like oh there's more fires and then you'd look back and you see three fires and then there was Four fires and then five fires. I mean, does that worry you or no. like, how, do, how do you feel? No, surprisingly not. Like, I mean, it, yeah, it was, it was one of those things. I knew it was not near our tents anyway. So like, yeah, that was a good thing. <laughs> My toilet's fine. That might've worried me, but yeah, it was not, I don't remember it being worrisome because even before that there was like the looting had already started before the fires had started. Like even when did you first start seeing that? Oh, that was like, late i want to say it was late sunday afternoon because i remember the i remember the sun still being out like the you know still sunlight when they first started opening up the ace hardware trailers i was there right basically right when they started opening the first trailers and emptying them out so what's I, that scene like I, I mean, are yeah, you... it was it was intense it was intense it was crazy and i remember thinking like oh my god like the power of uh just a few people, like, you know, not just a few people, it was more than that, but just the power of like a few people to get something started. And then before you knew it, they had, you know, like one guy was like, like kind of feebly trying to um, uh, Jimmy open a lock or whatever with something. And like this guy walks right back, ah, watch this with, I don't know what kind of tool he had. And then boom, one hit and it was, it was open. And then the amount of time it took for them to empty those trailers was like shocking. Like it was just <laughs> empty, empty, empty. It was nuts. And that, that when I was there, that was when they were basically uh, emptying out, like there were tents, there was like, it was just sleeping bags, tents, all that kind of stuff. Um, Cause it, Damn. yeah. In the daylight. Yeah. It was, it was still light from what I remember. I could be wrong, but I know it was before the chili peppers. I know that for sure. Cause had, yeah. Because you had seen it before you saw Yeah, yeah. Them. I went back and got my buddy. I'm like, you got to check this out. And by then, it was like all just laying strewn around the ground. Like, we didn't even have to work. It was just like right there. There was a tent. Okay, grab this tent. Grab that tent. You guys are and grabbing so stuff? We, yeah, we each grabbed a tent. And we gra <laughs> grabbed another tent. <laughs> we, grabbed, we, grabbed <laughs> we each a grabbed tent. a tent and another tent. We had to get <laughs> a ten man one, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, you got, if they're there, they're, they're there. So I after Chili Peppers now, I mean – like, do you just go back to your tent? I mean, I mean, what's the plan with the whole place starts kind of falling apart? When did you start really seeing the breakdown happening? Yeah, that was after the Chili Peppers was complete chaos. That's where everything was just like, you know, it was surprising to see even like the smaller, because um, it wasn't happening in the earlier afternoon where no smaller vendors were being looted or anything like that. 
And I thought they would have already like packed that stuff up after the whole you know, uh, Ace Hardware thing, right? But um, they, yeah, they were they were eventually. And again, too, I didn't watch, I didn't walk closely or see too much of the vendor uh, looting that night because I was just kind of around the fires and the. Uh, if you want to talk like the uh, the glow stick war, like that that was the the main thing I remember from that was just like. Oh, tell me about that. Yeah, that was intense because even before I remember them looting, uh, when they were looting those trailers, I remember somebody organizing it kind of pre like that. They're like, no, 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 we're going to keep all of these uh, boxes and boxes and boxes of, of um, glow sticks for later, you know. And then <laughs> I remember that like, I got plans for these. Yeah. And then later on, we were there for that whole thing where it was two sides split in the middle and they would each throw them and then the other side would kind of wait and then they would reload, like reload and, and fire. And like it would be side after side and it was like, oh my God, it was intense if you were on anything, that's for sure. Well, I'm, I'm sure. So, I mean, that's happening. You have like a whole bunch of people throwing glow sticks at, at each other in one area. There's some people doing stuff with fires and there's people looting. I mean, did it mm -hmm. seem like there was different like factions of what people were trying to get out of the chaos yeah not uh maybe i don't yeah like again too that i i didn't really see too much of the people that were you know obviously looting in the in the, the vendor village and stuff like that but um it was mostly just like you know let's get one back you know because everybody had felt so ripped off and that's why i had no you know qualms about taking a tent it was going to be taken by somebody else or thrown in the garbage if it wasn't obviously or a fire or far burned and and if those and if there was no insurance on those trailers they would have police guarding them and they would have guards guarding there was nobody guarding this area it was there to take that was the other thing it was no force other than the force of opening the trailers they were just being they've been left there you know so i mean before I there was Right. Before there was a police presence there, I mean, like, did you feel, did you see anyone trying to stop any of this stuff from going on? No, none, none whatsoever. No, none, not like that's why even uh, it, it uh, increased as the weekend went on the lack of security presence to the point of Sunday afternoon. You didn't see any peace patrol. I didn't, you know, and Man. even during the looting, I, you know, I didn't see actually with my own eyes, any of the uh, state troopers. I was just off to the right you know, place and just didn't, I wasn't in the wrong place where they were doing their sweeps, I guess, or whatever. And I didn't see a single trooper until the next morning. Now, you said that your campsite was kind of near the west stage. Mm -hmm. Like, w when you made your way back towards that area, yeah. was there, like, a difference in, like, that, that side of the grounds versus the east stage? Absolutely, yeah. Like, that's why when we went back to that side of the grounds, um, if I was camped on the other side of the grounds, I don't know if we would have even stayed there, you know, obviously. But that other side was you know relative, like it was far enough away that yeah it was fine and and there was it was basically where they wanted everybody to go anyway in a sense they just wanted everybody away from the the stages and the the vendors right so right um yeah that's, that's why weird I, that, that it just like kind of sequestered itself over by the east stage like all that chaos yeah, you know yeah, and it, it didn't yeah. make it over that do you think it's just because it was so far that like all the like hooligans they just didn't want to take the party all the way over to the other side yeah 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 for sure for sure yeah there was enough <laughs> fires for everybody i guess <laughs> <laughs> so that i mean when do you go back to the tent um yeah i don't know timing wise um again it was like yeah, it would have been. We spent at least a few hours partying out in the in the field with these fires and whatnot, and then 
it was just, yeah, it was something to see. I remember thinking at that time, like, I'll never see anything like this, I hope. Like, or, you know, whatever. I it, hope. Like, it was, <laughs> because it was crazy. I mean, it was a great time. I had a great time. It didn't feel unsafe at all. But it was one of those things you're like, wow, this is not, yeah, this is not normal. And I'm not probably never going to see this again. So just to yeah. get all in and, like, kind of, um, yeah, kind of just witness it. I mean, before we move on to get kind of get into the, the closer here, like, are there any things that stand out during that, like, total, like, you know, hedonistic moment towards the end there? Like, do you have any specific memories of seeing people do crazy stuff or is it just all kind of whirlwind heat and flash? Yeah, yeah. I think there's nothing too crazy um, that stands out. Um, luckily, I didn't see anybody getting hurt. Like, that's the thing. I never throughout the whole weekend, like, especially at the very end there, didn't see anybody getting hurt or anybody getting harassed or anything like that. Um, but um, yeah, no, I think that was that was about it. Yeah. Just just part. So when when do you leave to go home? Um, yeah, so we made it way back uh, or made it back to our our, our site there, and like pat- definitely like just crashed. Um, I don't know how many we would have got probably at least four or five hours of sleep more than the like two to three later. <laughs> right, jeez. Um, and uh, yeah, I remember just. Uh, very distinctly the the color of the sky and the color the color of the air actually in this forest and around was because just as the angle of the sun was coming up it just kind of gave it kind of a uh, a purple hue so mm-hmm. we woke up and we were, my buddy Tim probably came up with it like looks like a purple haze man <laughs> oh my god just the perfect woodstock the purple haze so we walked around for a little bit and it was just like wow this is so odd and eerie and it did look like a complete war zone but we packed up quickly um the funny thing was too when we made it back to our car we thought like oh man are we gonna have trouble finding it <laughs> not at all all you could see from the distance because even the wall had been taken down on that complete side and we were parked just on the other side of the wall there was the only car two cars you could see in the distance was his car and the flipped over mercedes benz <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah that's a weird thing i mean did uh like when you wake up on on that monday morning i mean did the place because you partied when it was all falling apart i mean did the place look mm-hmm. worse than it did when you went to bed oh like yeah. like, it, like it continued to get worse as yeah because yeah, like every then well you could see everything and how burnt out everything was right like all those trailers and everything was just yeah it was, it was weird what the fuck yeah it's just like god what happened so but when you guys get back home and and the news starts coming in you know i always like to add i gotta that, tell you folks I- I got to see the uh, the the um, uh, going through customs. Obviously, going back to Canada. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. so when we went through customs, we uh, we had told my buddy Tim, who was you know, the owner of the car, the other guy was driving, the random guy, because Tim was having a nap. We were all just so so spent, and uh, the uh, the other driver was supposed to alert or even pull over at the last exit before the stop to switch drivers because he knows that you're not supposed to switch in the middle of the line. No, he, sure. he woke up, woke us up right. Maybe two or three cars before the, oh for the actual God. officer. And so, it just looks so sketchy. Yeah. So it's like, God, and he's just like, just waking up, goes around, gets into the car. Nobody's really seen her. And none the wiser. And we get up to the, um, the border patrol officer and it's a younger, um, younger lady. And she's, Takes one look at us and where are you guys coming from? <laughs> Woodstock ninety nine. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. She says, 
I'd ask you guys if you had any drugs on you, but it looks like you did them all. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. No one leaves yes, we Woodstock did. with drugs. Yeah, yes, we did. She's go <laughs> ahead, go on. So that That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. So when you start hearing like the news reports and seeing like I mean, much music did, in my opinion, like the best like coverage of it because they they hit it with like the humor and they came at it from a very realistic yeah. angle. Like they oh, didn't yeah. really have any skin in the game, you know, like MTV did, you know, so they were allowed to say whatever. But I mean, you're seeing the reports and you're hearing about how awful things actually happen, like when the sexual assault you know news comes out and and the totals of the damage and things like that. I mean, like, did you hear anything that like did any of that surprise you or did it seem like oh yeah? I can imagine that stuff happening no it, it did surprise me yeah no i remember um uh definitely being surprised by that like the amount of it and like you know you could understand with um the cat calls and stuff now looking back at it it doesn't seem like it's all that far of a fetch but no no i remember being pretty shocked at uh at that and uh at the same time not because of how many you know later on you always hindsight's twenty twenty when you see how messed up everybody was but um that aside, yeah, no, being shocked and then um, also being kind of uh, like having my eyes open to how the news can really manipulate what, um, what, wh like how the story is told, you know? Sure. Obviously, it's like I came back and I was like, that's not how it went. I had the greatest time of my life, you know, as a kid. Right. <laughs> thinking, this is ridiculous what you're saying, but no, and that, but that, you know, that's, that is what it is, so. Yeah, I mean, how, how do you feel about the documentaries that have come out? Oh, like, I mean, because yeah. they tend to kind of skew one way or, or you know, yeah, or the yeah. other. No, it was it was good. Like, the eight, like I really uh, enjoyed the HBO one. It was okay, but it definitely, <laughs> it definitely lacked some, like, real insight, like, as to people that were there, I think. Um, right. That was about the only thing it lacked. But the, the, the Netflix documentary was really well done. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, it was good. Especially the inside right. stuff from the, the – uh, people that were working there like that was a real real eye-opener i hadn't learned a lot of that stuff right right yeah i mean it's got to be crazy again just going going back over this but yeah. man I'm, I'm glad that you reached out to us i'm oh. glad that you remembered you know all, all this stuff i'm glad you survived yeah. <laughs> thanks Frank. yeah so uh we'll talk to you soon and uh, thanks for coming on the show thank you so much for having me made it across the border in one piece another happy ending to a harrowing tale of the last weekend that was Woodstock 99. We will be continuing with the survivor stories uh, the best we can. We still have more coming out, but um, also be sure you check out our other show, Culture Dumps, where we have new episodes almost weekly, all different topics. Um, I think we're up to now like almost like 75 to 76 individual topics. Um, some are multi-parters, but um, also if you can't get enough Woodstock, we have mail day episodes on our Patreon, patreon.com slash culture dumps, where we read written testimonials of people's experience at Woodstock 99, as well as watch along set commentaries, things like that. And uh, one favor to ask all of y'all out there, it would be great if you could just scroll down on whatever you're listening to this on and give us a review. You know, if you have time, write something up or just hit the five stars. Nothing less will do for the boys over here at Podcast 99. I'm Ryan Lichten, and if you went to, worked at, or played Woodstock 99, contact us at podcast99official at gmail com or on Instagram at podcast99. Again, I'm Ryan Lichten. You've been listening to Podcast 99, and we'll see you at Woodstock. <laughs>